Good day, good night, welcome to Off The Woodworks. How's everybody doing today? I'm fine actually, I'm pretty good. I've I've got over my hungover from after Wednesday night game. I was feeling like I got drunk. I didn't even drink, but watching that game, it was hard. It was dreadful. Anyways, on today's show, on the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about the English Premier League. We're going to do a preview of the weekend, weekend number nine in the MLS. We're going to have the bet of the week. And we have a special guest, Mr. Ludovic Martin from OptimumSoccer.com at LeCureauSavo on Twitter. So he's going to talk about Wednesday night game. Oh, that game. Wish I could forget about it. It was a typical Amway Canadian Championship game. A typical Voyager's Cup on Afterwood Works. A typical boring game, bad weather, bad play, and bad refereeing. Typical Canadian game. Uh, I'm, I'm debating if I even should care about that championship anymore, about that cup. If I should care about that cup. It seems I'm one of the only one. I have a pride, I'm sorry. I need to... For me, it's important. And I wonder if they realize how important it is for us fans. It's not just a derby. First of all, it's two derbies more in one year for us because we the fans have a rivalry against Toronto trust me I've made a couple trips and the way we get treated the Montreal fans when we go down to Toronto it's unbelievable we get things thrown at us seats thrown at us okay gladly that happens on both sides but we got People got beat up, and I almost got thrown out of the stadium once for just having a beer. So, there is a rivalry between the fans. And for us, it's actually really important. And I wonder if the not the impact, the impact knows. But I wonder if for the coach or for the administration, it's important for them, that rivalry. Even on Toronto's side, on the pitch, on the play, it didn't look a big rivalry. And there was no grit on either side. It was a boring game, a comedy of errors. And then Montreal got scored two goals. When it was 0-0, nil-nil, as we would say in football terms, nil-nil, I was confident. I was like, okay, we don't score on the road. They don't score at home. We go down to Saputo, and then we could score a goal or two. But now we're down two. We need to score three. Uh, so it needs to be Vendetta at the Saputo on Wednesday. Get it trending on Twitter. Hashtag Vendetta. 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 Uh, so we need a miracle, basically. We need a miracle to help us climb that big mountain if we want to go across the country and climb the Rockies to go face the Whitecaps. Because, yes, the Whitecaps won against Edmonton in Edmonton. Uh, it started... It didn't start good for the, for the Eddies in the beginning. Vancouver scored the first goal. But then something happened. The Eddies were coached by a Canadian and coach and players are Canadian and coached by a Canadian, actually. They wanted that game and then they scored two goals and then it's 2-1. And then Mr. Silvio Petrescu, Petrescu, the referee, he called a bad penalty. A big dive by the Vancouver player. I can't remember the number of the player. But a big dive by him. He calls a penalty. 
obviously they score. So then they get lucky if they score an extra time. They get out of Edmonton 3-2. So Dietes have another big mountain to climb in Vancouver. They need to score twice. If Vancouver scores, they're in big trouble because they need to score at least three on the road. So forget about it. Vancouver is going to the finals. Forget what I said in the last show. Vancouver is going to the finals. And Montreal, it doesn't look good. It really, really doesn't look good for Montreal. They need to score, like I said, three goals at Zaputo. And if Toronto scores once, they scored on the road. We're screwed. So either we score two goals and we tie it up, or we need to score four goals if they score one because of that away goal rule. So it's going to be really hard for the impact to climb that mountain to go see the Whitecaps. You, you see what I did there? Yeah, so it's going to be a big, big task to ask for the impact. Uh, so, so we're going to hear a conversation I had with Mr. Ludovic Martin. It was a phone conversation I recorded yesterday. You'll see what we have to say about that game. Uh, we're suffering. We need to suffer well. Not where I thought peace of mind can't be So we're back and I would like to welcome Mr. Ludovic Martin at Le Kurosawa on Twitter. Ludovic, how you doing today? Great, great. And you? I'm pretty good. A little bit uh, shocked of the game last night. So what do you think about the game? Well, actually Montreal played a pretty good first half despite having five or six regulars on the bench. So at first I thought it was all right, but then didn't work out that much in the second half. Toronto came out better and just uh, took care of, uh, of the things they, they had to do. So they won. Good of them. But then again, the, the, the starting 11 for Montreal after playing only one game in 23 days, I don't understand. I mean, sure, uh, I can I can see that you can't play a guy uh, that's 38 years old. Like, uh, and, and I've heard saying that because I'm 38. Uh, a guy like Divayo or Nesta, you can play them two games in one week. All right, I can take that. Arno or Felipe, why weren't they there? I mean, they could have played today and Wednesday. And they could still have played the, 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 the well, not today, but yesterday, uh, and, uh, Saturday, and the other Wednesday, and rest uh, for the game against San Jose, in San Jose, mm-hmm. instead of resting them now. So that that's a little bit bothering. As for the back line, well, Curry, Earth, and Rio's Earth, and Valentin and Norway, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. You have to play that back line. That's pretty much the back line you have to play every game. Yeah, um, but the back line wasn't that bad. For me, it was no. the middle that killed us. No, it, it was alright, but the result is disastrous. Yeah. I don't see Montreal, even with the, its first team, even with Devayo and Nesta and the team and Arno and Philippe, I don't see that team scoring three goals. Yeah, but for me, like I was saying, the back line wasn't that much disappointing. For me, it was the middle, the midfield. There was no... Bernier was trying to do everything, and he had, like, no help. Yeah, well, the, the, the key to Montreal's midfield in the first two or three or four, the first four wins was Bernier being able to find his players in front of them, Arno and Philippe, fast, and then these guys able to find Devayo in front of them, fast. 
connect really well. And when they had the ball, they weren't as sharp as Arno and Felipe uh, are. So, and Wenger, his runs aren't quite as sharp either because honestly, these guys don't play together very, very often. They, you can train playing a game. Oh. Another another question. So it's a big difference. That that was hard. If if you had a uh, Felipe and Arno in front of Bernie, I say the game is completely different. Yeah. And I still don't understand why the rest of them. I mean, Felipe is 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he can play. He well, played uh, pretty much every game last year except at the end of the season where he was hurt. Exactly. But the first game, it reminded me of the game of the Saputo. Up till the 0-0, I was thinking to myself, it looked like the game at the Saputo Stadium in the Canadian Championship last year. But then yeah, well, uh, Donny Lamy scored the cracker of a goal, and uh, yeah. it all went haywire from there. So. Absolutely. But then, uh, you have to, to put your, your money where your mouth That's yeah. the, the one thing that bothers me. You go out on the internet and you say, this rivalry important, this championship is important, and you play that, that starting 11 after uh, 10 days off, that's re disrespectful to me, and that means that what you're saying is not that true. I mean, the rivalry with Toronto, I didn't see any aid between Montreal and Toronto on the field yesterday. I didn't mm -hmm. see anyone going hard on the tackle or stuff like that, or, you know, nope. going at each other, not that much. So, I've is seen there it. Really a rivalry watched the Edmonton and Vancouver game last night mm -hmm. and there was a big rivalry there on the pitch Edmonton was going all out was trying to do it even they took the lead 2-1 but then a bad call the referee twice and uh, Vancouver yeah, went out the I, winner I, I recorded it I'm looking forward to watching you're gonna look forward to watching that game Edmonton played well yeah I'm looking forward but you know what's the difference Edmonton has a Canadian coach yep not Montreal not It's going to be hard for them to Yeah, can you imagine if you just put Devayo on the field? Yeah. Even for like 50 minutes, I don't care, just a half. But one goal or two, and it changes the whole dynamic of the play. Thing to do that's a good point that's a good thing to bring up that we should have rested them in two weeks
Yeah, exactly. So in your opinion, who was the most disappointing either player or group of players or play that you saw last night? Well, I said that the was earlier. Warner and uh, and Malice uh, definitely were disappointing. And I'm pretty sure only one of them with Philippe Bernardo would have been all right. Yeah. Both of them at the same time on the pitch, it broke up all the links between the Bernie and the striker because they're not as sharp as uh, Arnold and Philippe because they don't they didn't play that much. They played like two or three games and yeah, especially Malice disappointed me a lot. And if you look at Malice and Wenger, both first draft, both first round draft pick last year for a first or second round for the impact, it really gives credibility to the academy. When you look at Wimet and Tissot without being drafted, it can be a lot better than those two, uh, those players from the draft that barely can make the team. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, so for me, Warner and Malice, though, pretty much the, the, the worst player that Montreal had on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, so do you think it's going to affect the confidence uh, before the game on Saturday? That's a good question, actually. That, that's something I think it, it will. Because Montreal didn't play a, a good game in KC uh, three weeks ago, a little bit over three weeks ago. Yeah. It was okay against Columbus uh, 10 days ago, but not great, and not great again yesterday. So that's three teams in a row. Uh, at a certain point, you have to stop this draft of bad game. And yesterday was a good occasion for that. It'll be a little bit harder against Chicago, because Chicago, they had a rough start of the season, but it's coming along. They're, they're, I think they've won the two of their last three, something like that. Yeah, they're getting, so, they're getting better li- lately. At the beginning of the season, I'm not the Woodworks. We're calling uh, the Chicago Firecrackers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like these Chinese. Uh, yep. Little, uh, <laughs> like the firebombs and fireworks, but, yeah, but they just got lit. So, what's your prediction on Saturday? On Saturday, well, I'm gonna be optimistic and say Montreal wins, but it's uh, one nil, not not much more than that. Okay, that's that's something good. Well, I want to thank you very much, uh, Ludovic, to being part of Up the Woodworks. And you yeah. can follow Ludovic on Twitter at uh, Le Kurosawa or OptimumSoccer.com. Thank you, yeah, Ludovic. Optimum-soccer.com. Optimum-soccer.com. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ludovic, and have a great weekend. Don't forget if you want to join us on Off The Woodworks at Off The Woodworks with an X because you know why and on Facebook Off The Woodworks with an X or by email Off The Woodworks at Hotmail.com Don't be shy, you got any questions, comments, your own bet of the week just email them to me and I'll say it on, on the show if you got predictions, if you got anything you'd like let me know 
So, week number nine in the MLS. We'll start with the bet of the week. Last week, we won our bet, so we actually have $15 in our bankroll. I've decided only to use five of those dollars to do one bet this week. And my three teams, it's Real Salt Lake against the Galaxy. I'm choosing Real Salt Lake. The LA Galaxy has a couple injuries. Robbie Keane's not going to play. Leiden Donovan is not going to start, might not even play. So I believe Real Salt Lake is going to use that advantage and get out to have the win. So I believe that Real Salt Lake is going to take advantage of that and get the W at home at Rio Tinto. My second team is the Montreal Impact. I believe they'll bounce back tomorrow, Saturday, against the Chicago Firecrackers. The Chicago Firecrackers here on Off the Woodworks. So we're going to beat them at home in Montreal. I choose them as well. And the other one, it's FC Dallas. It's the return game from last week. So they're in Vancouver against Vancouver. But I believe Dallas is going to pull off the W on the road. Those three of those teams together, if for five bucks, if I win, it's fifty-six dollars and eighty-four cents. Two point three are the odds for the RSL, one point nine the odds for Montreal, and two point six for Dallas. So for five bucks, if it's a winner, it will be, because I'm Nostrada of the woodworks here. So it's fifty-six dollars and eighty-four cents, baby. So. After the bet, we still have 10 bucks in our bankroll in case we lose. Our prediction this week, I'm not going to talk about all the games. It'll be too, too long and boring. Just what to watch for. This week, New England at home against Philly. New England, is it, it's gut check time for them. It's now that we see if they're going to pull their self out of the hole. If they can counteract Mr. Jack McInerney. Happy Jack. Happy Jack. That's a good nickname. I like Happy Jack. So if they can counteract Happy Jack at home in Foxborough, they may might be able, if they really play hard and they fight for every single ball, they might be able to pull off a draw. So one of the rare times I'm saying something's going to be a draw here on Off the Woodworks, well, that game might be a draw. For New England, it will be like a win. For them, a draw, it's like a win this year. Just to... They're, they're last in the league, so they're just trying to get a little something, something positive, a result. It will be a result. Watch for New England to get a result at home. Like I said, RSL will take advantage of the injuries and will win. The two DPs are not there, so only have two DPs. They're still waiting for Frank Lampard, if, if you believe Lampard is going to join them. I don't know. I, I would kind of like to see Lampard to join the Galaxy. Just take a second to talk about that. I'm a Chelsea fan, as you all know it. And having Mr. Super Frank, Mr. More Than 200 Goals with Chelsea, being in the MLS, to be able to see him play live at the Saputo, even if he's on the other team, I might like that. But for now, I'm still not convinced that he's going to join the Galaxy. I believe he still has something to offer to a bigger team, to a bigger league. So the two DPs for the Galaxy are not there this weekend. Maybe Donovan's going to be a substitute, but it's still not decided. It'll be a game time decision. And if one of my friends from Oakville listens, it'll be a JTD, my friend. A JTD. Alright, so Chivas, man. What happened to Chivas? They got found out. Chivas got found out. 
El Shalis decides to leave the game before the end because he doesn't want to shake hands with the other coach. That's what happens. It feels like that team lost their confidence. They lost the S-word. Uh, it's too bad. Kind of like them. They need to go back to that greedy style of play. They need to go back to the counterattack and play defensively, be defense first, then move up and try to work their way up the pitch, trying to bring back the magic that we saw earlier. Because now they look like a magician who revealed all this trick and doesn't know what to do now because everybody knows what the secret is. That's what it looked like. It. And the last thing to watch for in the weekend, in my opinion, is will the BBVA domination in Houston continue this weekend? Good question. They're playing Colorado. They're playing the Rockies. They're playing the Rockies at the BBVA, at the Compass. It's too south for Colorado that plays too north for them to win at the Compass. I believe, I know, the Houston will continue their record-setting streak at the BBVA if you don't count the game they lost a friendly one against Villarreal. If you don't count that, was it Villarreal or Valencia? Hey, here's a question for you. If you know against who the friendly they lost at the BBVA, sh should the streak count just because of that loss? Anyways, if you think the streak should count or not, or if you remember what team, I give you two choices, Valencia or Villarreal. You let me know. If you email me on After Woodworks, I even have a prize if you decide what it is. You get a choice of a prize, either a Montreal Impact toque or a Montreal Impact Devayo towel. If you get the right answer and you're the first one to email me on Twitter or on Facebook, you get that prize. So who beat them at home, even if it's a friendly? Who, who did beat them at the BBVA? You know, let me know. So those are the things to watch for in the MLS in Week 9. Remember, you got five bucks to spare. Put your money on the bet of the week. Real Salt Lake, Montreal, and Dallas will prevail this weekend. All that together for five bucks, you get $56.84, my friend. Uh, and you like fantasy. You, you like to dream and be able to, to imagine who's going to play in your dream team, in your fantasy team. Well, guess what? You can do that. You can join the Opt Woodworks Fantasy League on MLSsoccer.com. Co league code 15121-3320. Do like Lisa Erickson did this weekend. The lady from San Jose joined our league. She's a very nice lady. She was very nice to talk to. I talked to her on Twitter, chatted a little bit. That helped me watch that dreadful game on Wednesday because I was falling asleep. And she kept me awake. So thank you, Lisa Erickson. Thank you for joining the Oft Woodworks Fantasy League. And all you boys out there, this is the kind of ladies we're all looking for. She's a, a dream girlfriend, I would say, because she's a lovely lady that loves footy. Uh, if there's any lady like this in Montreal, hit me up at Oft Woodworks. Still looking for one. You need to love footy, though. <laughs> so that's what, what to look for in the MLS in the Week 9. And we're down to the EPL. The English Premier League. Game week 35 in the Premier League. Four weeks to go. The battle are heating up. 
The relegation battle might be all over after the weekend, depends on a couple of results. If Arsenal drop the game against United, they may be down to the Europa League. We'll see that, because Manchester United, if you're not aware, on Monday, they actually won the league. They won the Premier League, the 20th in their history. That happened Monday. There's still four weeks to go, but they have so many points ahead of everybody else on top of the Premier League, they actually already won. So there's no more drama there. The drama lies in the third and fourth place. Right now it's Arsenal 63, but Arsenal has one less game to play than the two teams behind them. You get Chelsea and Tottenham. Chelsea 62 points and Tottenham 61. And both of them have got one game in hand. This week Chelsea plays Swansea City. Swansea has nothing to play for. In the middle of the table, they can't get relegated, they can't get promoted, they'll stay there. But Chelsea, if they win, they could be back in third. If Arsenal loses and Chelsea wins, Chelsea takes the third spot. Oh, I would love to see that. And can David Luiz continue his hot streak? You should have seen his freaking goal he did against FC Tomato and Basel on Thursday. It was a great free kick. Not hard but well-placed. And that's what I keep telling my players. I'm coach now, and I keep telling my players, you don't need to hit it hard. You need to hit it at the right spot. And that's one of the secrets of the free kicks of David Luiz. They're not the hardest, but the nicest place. And we're going to come back to Arsenal and Manchester United. Manchester United has nothing left to play for. Like I said, they, all, they already won the league. But will they put still their A-team on the pitch? Because... RVP, Mr. Robin Van Passe. Mr. Robin Van Passe is looking to get the golden boot. And now that Mr. Luis the Cannibal Suarez is gone for the season, that was a harsh suspension, but he's gone. Let's not talk about it. It's done and done. Another one bite the dust, as a lot of people tweeted. Well, he's gone. Ten games. But will Manchester United go all out and play against Arsenal? Because Arsenal, they need to win. They don't need a result. They need the three points because they have one more, one less game to play, like I said. And the Spurs are there as well. And Spurs right now, they're playing worse, one of the worst teams in the league. One of the teams fighting for relegation, Wigan, they're playing Spurs. And Spurs need that three points because they're dreaming of drop. That Tottenham not Spurs are dreaming of of the Champions League. They've tasted a little bit of the Europa League this year and they know what it tastes like and they want to eat the bigger fish. So they had salmon but now they want tuna. No more salmon for Spurs. They want some tuna. They want the bigger fish. So Spurs are going to destroy Wigan. It'll be, it's their last chance. Wigan are desperately in need of three points. It's not likely it's going to happen. But it's either this week or no week. So they don't win this week. The relegation battle will be done and dusted because reading are almost for sure going down. QPR as well. They both have 24 points and they're facing each other. So the loser for sure is down. And if it's a draw, they're both for sure going down as well. So you can put your money that QPR and reading will be playing in the championship next season. Stoke City and Norwich. This is the battle of... They're both a little bit higher in the table. 
then they're, they're not last. But they 137, 138. And Wigan, if actually can Wigan can get a result against Spurs, can get the three points, if it happens, they might have a chance because they have a game in hand to catch up to Stoke or Norwich. So for one of those two teams, either Stoke City or Norwich City, either the Potters or the Canaries are going to be safe. Because if it's a win on either side, they'll be clear for sure off Wigan. If it's a draw, they'll both be really close to being clear off Wigan. And one of the last, same thing you can say for Newcastle. They got 37 points and they're facing Liverpool. Newcastle, if they get a point or three points, they're for sure won't be relegated. It still looks good for them, but you just want to make sure. You don't want to leave anything up to chance. Get points, get points and stay up. New and Newcastle. Aston Villa, Sunderland. Aston Villa, 34. You get a result. You might be safe. Liverpool and Aston Villa, 34. You get a result. You might be safe. Sunderland, 37. You get a result. Same, you're safe. So... My best bet is Wigan's going to lose, and then it's all over. You get reading QPR and Wigan going down. But if not, it gets interesting. Wigan, If Wigan wins against Spurs, if for God forbid Wigan at home gets a result against Tottenham, it goes haywire. You don't know what's going on. It's all open for that last relegation spot. So those are the things to watch for in the English Premier League this weekend, game week 35. And that's it for this week and on off to Woodworks. Don't forget any, any questions, emails, at off to Woodworks on Twitter, Facebook, off to Woodworks. Go like my page, subscribe on my feed. You'll get all the information on my Twitter, on my Facebook. The, there's a link to the feed right there. Subscribe. We're like 20 now. No, I'm kidding. There's a lot more than 20. But we're getting there. Off Dudeworks is getting close to 100 followers on Twitter. So tell your friends, tell your mothers, your daughters, your fathers, your brothers. Go like my page. Share it up. And like I said, if you got the answer, if you know against which team Houston lost their last game at the BBVA, granted it was a friendly, but who was that team? Let me know. There's a prize for you. So as always, thanks for listening to Off Dudeworks. I'm your host, Kevin Lagamé. Have a great soccer. Happy Jack wasn't tall, but he was a man. He lived in the sand at the island.